I'm Corey Novotny. I'm Brian Wells. And you're listening to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. So this time of year, it's hard not to spend a lot of time on the NFL. Uh, I think that we have a, our playoff episodes seem to pretty dominate football. Uh, but I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about something else before we get into all the action from divisional round. And there's uh, been a lot of stuff kind of going on in the NBA the past few days. I think the first big thing that really jumps out was news that I didn't see coming today. And that's the Milwaukee Bucks firing coach Adrian Griffin after just 43 games tied for the third fewest ever in NBA history. They're still 30 and 13, but second place, three and a half games back at the Celtics. And I think my immediate reaction is the Eastern Conference of the Celtics for the to lose. Like if they don't get to the NBA finals, given how bad Milwaukee season has gone, then this season is going to be a complete failure. Oh, it's a complete failure if they don't win at all. So my expectations right, probably, are even higher. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, after losing two years in a row, obviously, yes, the Celtics though do feel championship or bust. But I think getting to the finals and losing, depending on who it is, would be right. I guess that's not fair because if they were to face, uh, I don't. I mean, I mean, mean, Denver. I guess. Yeah, right. Like I know they just lost to them on Friday, but at the same uh, time, I blame the Celtics more than uh, give credit to to Denver. uh, Just because it's like one of two to one hundred. Like that's just like a low scoring NBA affair. Yeah, the I think both Brown and Tatum sucked in that game, and yeah, if, and of course they just do not know how to drop a play at the very end. It's literally just give the ball to Tatum, <laughs> he'll dribble uh, for endless amount of time, and then you just wait for him to chuck up a shot and hope it goes in. That's literally right, that's, their only play uh, to end a game. Sometimes it works, but <laughs> it usually doesn't. No, it doesn't. Most of the time uh, it doesn't, is what I meant to yeah. say, yeah. Sometimes uh, it does, but most of the time, no, it doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that uh, Milwaukee, you know, acquiring Damian Lillard definitely sounded like something that could be really scary on paper. It felt like Lillard and Giannis were a great duo, but I mean, I really think the Celtics getting Drew Holiday was as as much of a win it was to the Celtics, such a huge loss for the Bucks because their defense has just not been great this year. 120 points per game allowed, only the Wizards, the Spurs, the Pistons, three yeah, worst teams was- in basketball. And then, like, the Pacers and the Hawks. Like, that's it. That's the list of teams yeah, who that, average that, more than 120 points per game. Yeah, that's what I was just about to look up is, what is like, how bad is their defense? Because their record, they're still, yeah, second in the East. And so you think, wow, like, they're going to fire him after ha- half a season with a good record. It sounds surprising, but at the same time, Milwaukee's expectations are to be at least in the East Finals competing with the Celtics and... And beyond, because ever since they won the championship, they really haven't done a whole lot. They losing to an eight seed last year, right. uh, and not even a long series, a five game series. Yeah, just like uh, didn't even stand a chance in that series. So they're they're absolutely championship or bust, just as much as the Celtics are. So, uh, I mean, I I have not kept up with the NBA at a na- like a full national landscape as much as I have with the NFL. For obvious reasons, you know, we can talk about it. It's like everyone I'm in that knows. same like, boat. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, fo- so, I follow the Celtics pr- pretty well, but am I going to pretend I follow the rest of the league that well? No. Unt- until a certain point in, in the year. Right. right. Late like, in the once, year. Once football kinda, is over uh, and it's March and April, 
Yeah, right, then when, I start to Basically when the playoffs are around. It's I like, know, all right, let's figure out who's actually good this year. I'd but, like to believe I I can watch before the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I, right. No, I, I agree. And like I'll, I'll still tune in. But I also like I can't necessarily tell you a ton about Adrian Griffin as a coach, but from what I've seen, what I've read, there's not a whole lot of confidence in this guy being that championship caliber yeah. coach that it sounds like Giannis it sounds like Giannis, uh, the player that you need to have trust you, <laughs> uh-huh. does not. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's very similar to when LeBron got David Blatt fired in 2016. That was my exact thought when that happens. Like, wow, David Blatt, he led the team to a finals, and then halfway through the season, they weren't amazing, but they were good. They were yeah, right. at the they top were of the like Eastern a... Conference. Like, why, yeah. are they, why are they firing him? It's like, well, because uh, I, I, I think... <laughs> What did David Griffin say that, like, hey, LeBron doesn't have control all, uh, over this. Like, this is solely my decision. I don't know if I totally believe that, but at the same time, hey, he's the one in the locker room. So maybe it was really his call, and that's how he felt. Maybe that's how they felt about uh, the, the decision to fire Griffin. Uh, was or was that his name? AJ? Yeah, yeah, Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin. Sorry, I, said, I almost said AJ Griffin. Yeah, Adrian right, Griffin. Uh, AJ Griffin maybe, is an NBA, NBA player. Like he I know, that's why I do. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I got totally confused. off base there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe just uh, the fact that out of their their defense is just that bad with Lillard and not Holiday um, is catching up to them right now. Right, and uh, you know, if if Giannis says he doesn't like the head coach, I think he's pretty much uh, earned whatever power he has in that organization. Whether you, you do like whatever it or not. he says, right, right. <laughs> have, so it, have his brother on the team that's not good at basketball. Sure, why see, not? a lot. I know there were a lot of jokes saying that he tried to cut the NASA, so Giannis was like, "Nope, you're going instead." Um, it is very funny seeing like the NASA Santanacupo highlight tapes because there's times where like I've seen him actually look like a competent basketball player, and then I, I watch all of the compilation videos that people put together and it's like man this guy really does not belong on the court he's just there because of his brother you mean you mean the nba in general right the nba (laughs) in general yes um (laughs) so uh last night we also had two a pretty historic night joel Embiid goes for 70 carl anthony towns Towns almost goes for 70 gets benched with three minutes left (laughs) i know it's like the worst 60 point performance in nba history from towns uh that was i was like keeping up with the um the game cast at the end of it just because i don't have nba league pass that's part of the reason as well like there's no way for me to watch games that aren't on national tv and even then i'm usually not choosing to watch random national nba tv games in december over anything else so um i was just following along and just to see you know what would towns do like he was sitting at 62 and then just seeing them like losing down the stretch and seeing like towns has kept getting subbed out of the game just crazy to me and then I, i started seeing that he was just basically According to head coach Chris Finch, they were just trying to stat pad. They were trying to chase the record and not actually Obviously. win the game. And that's how you lose <laughs> to the 9-31 and 31 Charlotte Hornets. Um, I did really love seeing uh, Leaky Black not only shocked to see he was on NBA roster, he was like the fifth best player on the North Carolina Tar Heels when they went to the national championship game and then were the number one overall team. He was just like the defensive player that was just out there but i really liked him he's a fun name leaky black he hit two free throws to put him up 128 to 125 just shocking and uh so i thought that was pretty cool led to like some slight 
discourse I saw on Twitter of people not knowing who he was and people being shocked that someone would actively avoid watching March Madness and college basketball tournament. I know it's not the same product, but come on, like that's so much more exciting. And I feel bad for people who don't really enjoy it because, you know, the two of us will talk about how much we love going into it and then us having our brackets lit on fire and but it, it's so much fun like on day one too <laughs> right that first weekend you can't beat it um and then yeah Joel Embiid so I mean the 76ers have been way better than expected this year they got rid of James Harden and are a better basketball team whether or not that's surprising I, I don't know I mean the Clippers have been really good recently with Harden so but regardless, I think um, Joel Embiid once again playing like an MVP candidate, and I still just who probably won't win anything though. Take yeah, take no uh, no belief in that continuing to happen in the playoffs. It, it's also interesting if you just see like the breakdown of his stats against teams above five hundred versus below five hundred. It's just someone called him um, the Dak Prescott of the NBA, and I'm like, yeah, that's actually pretty the accurate comparison. Yeah. Uh, especially with the way that you know his his playoff performances tend to go, he's just not the same guy when the lights are brighter. So, um, de- definitely interested to see what happens here. The Celtics being the best team in the league definitely has me you know excited about the NBA playoffs. You know, as the season starts to wind down, but let's table it. You know, we spend a little bit of time here talking something other than the NFL, but the rest of the episode, let's focus on the divisional round. And it was a pretty great weekend. You know, I know going in, there were some pretty lopsided point spreads, but we ended up with at least three competitive down-to-the-wire games. Let's go in chronological order. Start with the one blowout. Ravens 34, Texans 10. This game is tied at halftime, but Baltimore, you know, put up a uh, Got their, a great got their shit together in the second yeah, half. Yeah, right. The, the halftime speech apparently Lamar Jackson delivered was a, a pretty big one, and this is a huge game for him. Uh, I know he still has a long way to go, but there are a lot of questions about his playoff performance, and at least for now, he's silenced a lot of his doubters. Yes, for for now. Granted, the Texans, they've had an awesome year, and I think they can continue that uh, progress even into next season, but, I mean, we can't act like it's some amazing accomplishment for Lamar and the Ravens that they won this game like they had to given that they're the one seed and Texans are a much less experienced team than they are. Um, and yeah, so it's not, it's not an amazing accomplishment, but I mean, good for them. At least Lamar, like you said, got the haters off his back just for a week at least and got mm-hmm. that first, well, not first, second playoff second win. Second playoff career, win, but... But really definitely. first meaningful one, because right. I don't know, like, how much does well, it mean to beat the Titans on wildcard weekend? Right, winning in the divisional round, and it was also his best playoff performance, just in general. Yeah, you know, this sure. one. I know, like, you know, the passing numbers aren't going to jump off the page, but, but he had... four touchdowns. Four touchdowns, yeah. 100-plus so, passer rating, and yeah, right. so even though the first half was a little bit of a grind, the second half he dominated. Right, yeah, they absolutely turn it on in the second half. And I think, like, this was an important performance for them. Like, as much as it's like, yeah, it was against the Texans. Texans are a flawed team, you know, they're happy to be there, whatever. Coming off a bye, especially when they rested a lot of guys yeah, it's in another, week 18. It's another example of re- not playing for basically three weeks, kind of like they did when they lost to a different AFC South opponent in Tennessee. True. Uh, coinc- coincidentally, the year before. Uh, and so... Yeah, it's it's definitely an important uh, feat for Lamar, e- even though it's the Texans and they're, they're not amazing and they 
but they were a better team than <laughs> than anybody, <laughs> including us, gave them credit for entering the yep. season. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say though, no the Texans. Uh, look, look, we all pretty much expected them to not win this game, but I will say it was, it was pretty disappointing just how many penalties we saw pre-snap too. Oh, I know. That that was aggravating to watch. And and look, CJ Stroud, he didn't play great, but how can you play great when you got an old line that is doing absolutely nothing block to block their their defensive line? It, it was like it was like in the longest yard <laughs> when Paul Crew comes back <laughs> in the game uh, and they and their t- and their uh, his teammates hate him and they just let him go through. It was kind of like watching that. <laughs> yeah, I said the Texans offense line is not very good. Laramie Tunzel is no. a stud still on that left tackle, but th- this team has a lot of holes. Like Houston has a big offseason ahead of them because they know they have their guy in CJ Shroud. They need to surround him with the talent to continue to elevate him because the, you know, signing guys to one-year deals, just all these veterans and then, you know, hoping that you just identify some good draft picks. It's worked out. Obviously, the season ten and seven accomplished a yeah. ton, but yeah. if you want to take that next step, you need to really have a, a solid off season here. And they've made good picks in the last couple of years with on defense with Stingley and Will Anderson, and then offensively, Nico Collins. The other uh, was that one, two, one or two years ago when they drafted yeah, him. Yeah, I think he was he was twenty one. I want to say okay. So either way, yeah. uh-huh. uh, and then Tank Dell just as, in this past draft. So right. They're definitely, they definitely have some core guys, and they can build around not just Strad, but those other guys I mentioned. But at the same time, they do still have holes on their team, but that can easily be fixed. And even though, yeah, even though they do have plenty of holes in their team, the fact that they made it as far as they did, and with a rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, the sky's the limit for them for sure right yeah I mean it's a lot of it is going to come down to Nick Casario I think the pressure now moves on to him as a general manager I think he like I said he did a good job of identifying these one-year veteran contracts fast now he rebuild. Needs to go out yeah right great right. a great great job of rebuilding the team that quickly mm-hmm. but obviously now it comes down to taking the next step for them Right, and not because, ending up like Jacksonville. Right, exactly. Where, like that would be the worst case scenario of you just end up as like the same team, and you're now in a division where it's way more competitive than anybody thought it would be. Because you also have the Colts looming. So yeah, I I think I know this is too far ahead of uh, AFC South preview in 2024, but the Colts, Texans, and Jags that looks like a actually actually sneaky good competitive division. Yeah. Right, right. And I think it'll be a matter of being able to separate from those teams. Now, CJ Stroud, he's going to be one of the MVP favorites heading into next season. We're going to see probably a lot of people, you know, to to a certain extent, at least more than normal, picking the Texans to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, the hype might get out of control. Right. So it'll be a matter of weighing those expectations. I'm not going to make any kind of crazy prediction until I see how this offseason unfolds, what they do in free agency, (laughs) what they do in the draft. But they're definitely in a great spot. Um, but I mean, the, the focus right now on Baltimore, they're going into the AFC championship game at home, going up against Patrick Mahomes. You know, this is a huge opportunity for Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team and, um, definitely feel good about their chances coming off this one, you know, just being able to turn it on in the second half like they did. And now they'll have extra day to prepare for Kansas city. Um, I think one thought I have is 
I really hope Mike McDonald gets a head coach position because I think it's incredible he's done as the Ravens defensive coordinator. I know they have some some talent on that side of the ball, but you also they don't have like this stacked roster across the board. Like Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, great linebackers, Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, Kyle Hamilton, just how he fell to them at 14 is crazy. But, you know, when you got a guy like Judavian Clowney is a big part of your pass rush. I know he, he's certainly like a great player in, in a lot of ways, but he's been around for a long time. I do think Mike McDonald has done a ton with this defense, and I would love for him to leave and make Harbaugh have to find someone else and uh, hope that they take a step backwards next year. because End up like the Eagles with with uh losing coordinators right right that'd be awesome and uh i don't I know mean, that's if... not that's not the same comparison john harbaugh is a much right. more established head coach yeah, has won a super bowl uh-huh. Nick he's been a, yeah he's been around for a while he's hired plenty of coordinators i'm sure yeah. that he'll go out and you know identify someone else who can fit the bill there but uh i do think that mike mcdonald's has accomplished a lot i know he's being involved in interview processes there's only so many head coach openings i think that like there are a lot of Guys who we just assume, oh, this coordinator, this coordinator, this coordinator, they're all going to get jobs. Like Bobby Slowick could become a head coach, but I think it's also a good chance he just remains the Texans OC next year, and that'll help Stroud and company in 2024. So, you know, when it comes down to it, there's going to be a lot of big names that just remain coordinators, and that's going to help their current teams continue to be successful yeah, the, next there, year. There actually aren't as many job openings as I thought there would be with Cowboys and Eagles st- sticking with their guys. And I mean, and then the Titans, they just made their hire. And so it's really what, like the, the Chargers, the Seahawks, the Commanders and the Falcons. Yeah. I am I'm, I'm, think I'm, I think I forgot one more other team, but yeah. So the Titans, you know, they, they hired Callahan from the Bengals. The, the Raiders just, you know, promoted Antonio Pierce, removed the interim tag, whatever the yeah. phrase is. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's oh, the Panthers. Panthers. They're still out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I say. I mean, so there's five teams left. Yeah, you know, we'll see. It's. I suppose it's possible that could still change, but um, you know, we'll we'll kind of go through these other games and see. Um, so let's kind of get to the other one seed coming off a of bye and another game that was expected to be a blowout of sense. You know, based on the point spread, whatever going into it. 49ers 24, Packers 21, much closer than expected, survive in advance, whatever. And uh, I think the, the biggest story coming out of this game is the performance of Brock Purdy. And this is one where basically any narrative you want to put together, you can run with it. Purdy sucked in the first half. He's not a great quarterback. Purdy had an awesome game-winning drive. Like, he's the real deal. I mean, what side do you want to claim do, to? Do you, remember, <laughs> do you remember the game versus Cleveland I do. And after yes. they lost, and we talked about this, and that, and I think you were more critical of Purdy's play than I was, right? Because he just lost to my most hated, or you know, one of my probably my most hated he, team at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's part. That's part of it. Uh, they yeah. also lost Debo Quinsley in that game as right. well, and then it's like, oh, see how look how Purdy looks without him, and well. At the end of the game, he did put him in a position to win. And I know it was different circumstances where they actually got a touchdown in this game where in the Cleveland game, it was, he got in position to a, to a, a chance at a field goal game winning field goal. And it didn't happen, yeah, but right. I will say Purdy, Oh man, he, he kind of sucked in this game. And I will, I don't, I will say, I don't think there's a quarterback that gets luckier with missed picks and bad passes than he does. I swear. But you know, as much as Purdy sucked in this game, I will say that that last that last drive after the missed field goal, 
he was he was awesome because yeah, he, he really was. He, he had multiple passes on that drive that were in tight windows, like the the third and five to Ayuk. That was a tough throw, uh, and was yeah, it was a really good throw and a great catch by Ayuk. And then the and then there was another th- the best probably best throw of the night where the one to Juwan Jennings in the middle of the field. I think that was mm-hmm. on third down too, it, right over the Packers right, yeah, linebackers, uh-huh. right over the Packers linebackers' hands and. He also had a he nice sideline throw to Chris spot. Conley. And then the Chris Conley, who's had like three catches I, all year. I didn't I even know no he was on the team. I had no idea he was on the night. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know he was, he was on the league. team. I had that nerd that heard that name in like four years. They're like former chief. And I was like, Chris Conley? Like what? And then I was looking up. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. Like from the end of, you know, before Mahomes even won a Super Bowl. Like that's how far you have to go back. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah so that was another good throw. And so, so Purdy, you do have to give him some credit for – that drive specifically, because I, I thought that I thought the Packers outplayed him for yes a very high majority of that game. I, I completely I, agree. Uh, even though it's better for uh, the league that the Niners advanced, I will say I don't know. I just it, part of me thinks they got really lucky in that game, and then the Packers pro- probably should have won. And if it weren't for that missed field goal, who knows how the last drive would have turned out? Because they would have been down seven to. To, to the Packers right. been, if that uh-huh. field goes in yeah right so um <laughs> so this this performance I've been kind of like back and forth and it, that I see both sides I see like yeah Purdy was really bad for the majority of this game but also he came through he in the came clutch. through in the in the most important time of the game so right. good for him in that aspect but moving forward how confident are you in Purdy that that's well, that kind of question like because so I say I also question it because you know what this performance was? It was a Kenny Pickett performance. How many times does this happen with Kenny Pickett? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. terrible all game, but then he comes through in the clutch. And you're like, oh, look at this. There you go. That's why Kenny Pickett is the quarterback of the future, just ignoring the first 55 minutes of the game. Like, that was what Brock Purdy did. And Brock Purdy has been a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett throughout his career. And it's right. he. this is the first time he was in this spot where he could go on a come-from-behind comeback victory. I mean, you saw the Kyle Shanahan stat, 0-30 with a five-point lead in the fourth quarter. Now he's 1-30. Incredible that it took this long for him. So I think it is a good credit to Purdy. I think it shows that he can come up in the clutch. But I, I don't necessarily look at this one performance and necessarily say that I'm super concerned about the team and about Purdy moving forward. As but you can't as have I full confidence like a, either. Right, right. I mean, like, that's the kind of performance where you're like, yeah, I He's don't know. The, like, you can see the issues there. And, like, he came it, through in the end. But <laughs> is that going to work against a better team like the Detroit Lions are than the Packers? Well, Detroit... We'll I know they're their pass defense, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get their to secondary that, sucks so much. It that does. I, it, it will be concerning if Purdy plays similarly to this, but also the Packers' defense isn't that great. You know, they, I they think the Packers are better than people. Give, I think the Packers are better than people give them credit for, especially with They've how Jordan Love played in the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, he had the worst throw of all time, <laughs> the <laughs> last throw, Th- yeah, right. throwing throwing across his body the second he threw that you didn't even need the camera angle to oh you just to, to know how be, bad it was right. it was it was gonna be a bad result you just for them it was like is that gonna be incomplete or it's gonna be a pick because yeah. <laughs> i know Dr- triple Dr- coverage Dr- to <laughs> triple coverage to watson who who's barely played in the past like two months that I, I, I don't know what he was thinking on that throw uh, right it's such Especially a shame because he's been 10. so good in the, the second half of the season yeah and it's just like man Talk about two 
two uh, narratives with Purdy and Love just completely flip flopping. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, I know. Last last drives of the game. Yeah, right. And that's something that people will talk about. Again, the Packers, like, they weren't expected to be there either in terms of advancing the divisional round. So Packers fans can definitely feel good about themselves with Jordan Love. Obviously, that was a bad play. You know, that's going to kind of stick with you. But that doesn't represent who he is as a quarterback. And I yeah, think that's I, I would. That's just a growing pain of being a young quarterback. Yeah, I would feel good about the Packers where they are. They're a young team. And. Like not just love being the young quarterback, but also their receivers are young. And I, I know Aaron Jones isn't, but he the guy's awesome. He he ran really hard in the right. Postseason. I know. I thought I thought when he got that contract like three years ago, it was going to age so poorly, and it really hasn't. Yeah, I, he's one of my favorite running backs in the league, and he he definitely he's a tough running back. Definitely balled out in the playoffs, and. I mean, I I don't know. I think the Packers have a good future, but at the same time, it, it really comes down to, like, can Jordan Love change that narrative at the end of games <laughs> um, yeah. and perform yeah, I mean, he- better in the clutch? I don't know. I just think the Packers I'm, – I'm not saying Love is better than Rodgers, but I just think the Packers were more likable, more scrappier of a team uh, with Jordan Love. Uh, under yeah, I mean, I don't Rogers. think that's a huge debate, especially with the way Rodgers handles himself as a person the past few years. I think yeah. that that made them very unlikable down, uh, you know, the end of that time. Love did have some good clutch performances early in the year. I feel like this is almost just a one-off performance. And yeah, like Green Bay had this, everything was there for them. And, you know, they just kind of choked it away at the end. And San Francisco is lucky to move on. I'm not necessarily coming away feeling too concerned about the Niners although the health of Debo Samuel definitely is gonna be a factor because this team you take him away you know there's other guys who have been out but if you go back to that three game losing streak they didn't have Debo Samuel and you know I think that he's at least a common denominator so that would be yeah I think that would be kind of the issue and I've heard they're saying initially he's 50 50 he plays. I saw feel, that report. Yeah. Yeah. I'd feel much better um, about the Niners moving forward, but I don't necessarily look at it and be like, yeah, they don't have a chance. Like, this is who they are. I don't necessarily think that's true. Their defense isn't as good as I kind of led myself their, to believe. Their, their linebackers are great, but their D line after Bosa is, is, is not. No. No. It used to always be. And it's just, it's not anymore. Yeah. Armstead, feel like you don't hear his name as often right. as you. Probably just you would in the past. Right, Chase Young prime. is is <laughs> kind of trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though yeah, he's right. technically supposed to be in the prime of his career, he's kind uh, of trash. Yeah, and I think being the number two overall pick definitely kind of weighs him down a little more. But yeah, he's not the guy that anyone thought he would be. And when the Niners traded yeah. for him, like the Bears got way more value acquiring Montez Sweat than the Niners did with Chase Young. Which sounds crazy, but it's true. And yeah, I mean, Sweat. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's. Year. I don't know if it's injuries or if he just really isn't as good as people thought he'd be. But yeah, well, he won Defensive Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah. His so he, in the league, so I don't know so, if it was just so, that torn ACL just ruined his career. But yeah, definitely not the same player. So yeah, like there are definitely strong parts of the the Niners' defense for sure, but there are definitely some weak leaks too. Uh, mm-hmm. on their on their defense right and you just I just compare them to a team like Baltimore and I think Baltimore's defense is like so much better than the Niners right now and I don't know how to quantify so much but I think the Ravens are the best defense in the league and you know that it's starting to feel less surprising that Baltimore was able to go into San Francisco and win that game just the more these games pass by fair so 
Um, yeah, so I guess moving forward now, the 49ers are going to the NFC Championship game. They'll take on the Detroit Lions, who are there for the first time since 1991. And, uh, I mean, the Lions storybook run just continues. I think it's uh, it's great for that team, great for that fan base. You know, they've been tortured for a long time. And, you know, this this was an interesting game. I think that, you know, it, it was one – it would have been easy to kind of take the Bucks for granted and feel like another team is just lucky to be there. But I, I do think that Tampa has continued to be a good team this year. I do think that um, this is still a good win for Detroit. They cover the point spread in the end, so. Yeah, I didn't expect that, <laughs> given how that game was playing out. But uh, – Look, Tampa, I think they really benefited from the fact that they played two of the worst secondaries in their two playoff games, but at the same yeah, time, probably. Baker and their and the Bucks, they showed that they were probably better than people gave them credit for, uh, especially entering the postseason, but Right, I think there was a lot made out of those like last two weeks of the season. It was just like a bad time to be entering the playoffs, even right. though they just blew out Jacksonville a couple games before that. So. Yeah. Yeah, so there's probably too much especially for myself i probably put too much stock in to what happened the last two games they faced the worst team in the league and the league scored nine <laughs> points so maybe uh, maybe maybe not maybe i right. i don't think so it's just it was just they a, just turned it around at a good time right yeah i don't know what, what else to say about it uh so yeah look the bucks they definitely made it competitive but i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the line secondary Look, the Lions are awesome. They're definitely one of the best teams in the league. It's a great story, but I do think their secondary is uh, a fatal flaw on their team, whether if it's against San Francisco or in the Super Bowl. Uh, I I think uh, their secondary has just not done a good enough job. I know they had that early pick <laughs> against Baker. Uh, I think it was Gardner yeah, Johnson right. who got that pick and then yeah, was talking right. trash uh, with him and then flipped the ball to him, it's like which is pretty funny. The one. Yeah, it was on a tip ball though, right? Yeah, I think, but or whatever. Like some, some oh, Mike happened. Evans should have caught it, but, yeah, Mike but Evans, he didn't. Yeah, right, right. Mike Evans, he he ended up having a really good game I know, statistically but because, in the box score, but, but he had some, like, this. there's this whole stretch where it's like, the dude just can't catch. Like, there have been so many big moments where he just has drops, and it doesn't take away from him. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver yeah, with as, what he's accomplished. Yeah, as someone but. that watched a little bit more Tampa Bay Buccaneers football than normal yeah. with Brady being there, <laughs> uh-huh. It, it's a bad. T- it's probably a bad take to say Godwin is better or was better than Evans, but Mike Evans pissed me off more <laughs> than yeah, Chris right, Godwin. You, like, what, you have higher expectations for Evans, like you yeah, just expect like, him to catch more explosive time. plays, but then he'll also have way more drops than than, right. than Godwin. Or I don't know. Like he, even though he's a better receiver, Hall of Fame receiver, like all these thousand yard seasons, <laughs> there would be times where he'd piss me off, um, and. It'll drop plenty of passes, like the one at first pass. But but anyway, even though like, there was that moment for Tampa, like at the end of the first half, Detroit they had they had the Bucks at the Tampa's like own like five yard line or whatever, with, like a minute something left, and they just drive down the field because of the way the lines played their coverage against Mike Evans was was it was just aggravating mm-hmm. to to watch with Detroit where. God, I wish that part of their de- how is Aaron Glenn getting these interviews if their secondary is <laughs> as trash as it is? Uh, I know. Well, so last week Puka Nakua was what nine for one eighty two and a touchdown. This week Mike yeah, Evans it, eight for one forty seven yeah, and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson had like twelve catches, a hundred eighty nine yards or something, and a couple of touchdowns. And then Ceedee Lamb the week before had yeah an right. absurd he, game two hundred yeah. So yards. a month uh, just four weeks straight of the number one receiver on the team just shredding them. 
Yeah, no, it's it's a huge concern. And I think the Niners not having Debo Samuel maybe is something. To, but they still Brandon Ayuk. You know, George yeah. Kittle could still maybe be that guy. Like, who McCaffrey's knows? McCaffrey's going like, to run 100 no matter who they face. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bucks have been like the worst running team in the league this year. They still had 89 rushing yards, which like is not a lot, but you know, it, I think that was at least on par with, uh, you know, like what they have done. And that was when they weren't running the ball down the stretch. They were just passing, like they had 89 yards and then they just abandoned the run because they were down two scores. So I do think that there's some concerns with that Lions defense. Yeah, and that's, there, there, there are concerns with their defense, but their offense has been, has been really great. Jared Goff, Right. Look, he had that horrible throw in the beginning of the game. I think it was in the end zone when they're they're near oh, the goal yeah. line, and uh, one goes right into Devin White's hands, and he right. drops it. It's like, all right, uh, like, that was a horrible throw, and he got so many so many dropped interceptions this weekend. Right, <laughs> makes me want Stickham to be legal, so <laughs> some of those catches can be caught. But yeah. anyway, outside of that one throw, uh, Jergoff was really good again, and good for him. Good for Detroit to advance and looking back on that draft that the Lions had I hated their draft but I I still kind of hate the idea of taking a running back 12th overall but Jameer Gibbs has really been huge for their offense and then I think Jack Campbell had like 90 something tackles if I got that right I don't know he had um, a great yeah he had a very good season as well so Overall, he actually, like, had, a good, the rookies he actually had a good season so he yeah. actually was a, a contributing uh, factor well, on their defense, and then Laporta, Sam Laporta, awesome. right? I didn't think that I remember he was, questioning that. Like a lot of people right, are saying, Michael other tight end should have been, should have been right. number one tight end, and it was, uh-huh. they end up taking Laporta. But he was the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he's, he's been, been awesome. Yeah, he's been awesome. Even with the injury, he's been awesome. Right, and then Brian uh, Branch, and then Brian. Branch. Well, that yeah. that was probably the best right. pick. Like even uh-huh. when the draft happened, because a lot of people are talking about him as a first round pick, and so the he actually probably dropped to them but it was more about their first round right no first... i agree and it, i also don't necessarily think that in the grand scheme of things that's like the greatest draft but in year one as as rookies it, it looks pretty good so that's yeah. definitely a good good early showing for uh you know brad holmes and company but there's still some questions i think moving forward about using a running back on the as a 12th overall pick when it's right I mean, you can question Maybe now it's great, but maybe you can question afterwards. Like Najee right. Harris, which is not a yeah. perfect comparison because they're two different style running backs. But mm-hmm. like Najee, first year <laughs> with Pittsburgh, he was great, and then hasn't done any. I shouldn't say nothing, but he hasn't been great since in terms of yeah. I mean, his living up to the pick. Right. Yeah. He he'll have his his moments where he looks awesome, and he'll have moments where it's like ugh, just you know put Jalen Warren in, just put Jalen Warren undrafted. in the game. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I do think. Um, you know, the Lions, like, regardless, getting to the NFC Championship game, huge accomplishment for this team. Um, you know, it's it's the, th- what, three-year anniversary of hiring Dan Campbell or his press conference talking about biting kneecaps and everything. And, you know, this is what they dreamed of. And I think at the time, you and I were both like, three years in, he's gone. Like, this is going to be, like, you know, a fun guy to root for, a cool story. But there's no chance it works out. <laughs> so, no, even clearly, after... Uh, uh, in the moment, yeah, I was like, "This is not right." When he was out. hired, but uh-huh. but yeah, when he was hired. But even after their first season, where they went three and whatever the record was, three even with the hor- yeah, even with the horrible record, I still I actually looked, I actually changed my my opinion on how I felt about Dan Campbell, even if the record didn't show it. Right, I think like, a lot right, of they're actually did. building something here. Yeah, even if the record doesn't show it, and that showed in year two where they went basically five hundred. And 
you expected them to build off that this upcoming year, even though I thought the hype train was going too far. <laughs> it, it, it was warranted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it ended up proving it to be, you know, fully warranted because this team is now a win away from the Super Bowl. They're very much Super Bowl contenders. It's hard to argue with that at this point. Yeah, given I don't I don't look at the uh, Lions and look, they're the weakest link of the four teams left. But I don't say like, oh, they have no chance of winning a Super Bowl. No, like they yeah, definitely I, do. Even right. if it's the the worst odds of the four. I, yes. I don't I definitely wouldn't count them out like completely or anything like that. Like, oh, this is gonna be a blowout. Even though I don't know how I, f- I don't know how I feel about their chances versus San Francisco. <laughs> I don't know, like one of the best teams in the league, <laughs> even without right. Debo, possibly. No, I I also have some doubts. You know, we'll we'll kind of get into our um, predictions and everything and preview yeah. for the next game eventually. Here, mm-hmm. I think um, in terms of this one, you know, a couple of things to to close up. I think you've got to talk about with this game because there were two coaching decisions that are getting a lot of traction on the internet. Let's start with the first one that happened, you know, just chronological order. So it blows my mind that people still don't understand going for two when you score down 14 points. So I will say I've, for a long time, I will say I've been really late on this. For a long time, I had an old man yelling at the cloud kind of take, like, why you got to go for two here? Like, this is so dumb, blah, blah, blah. But Uh then I realized, like, Oh, you know what? Simple math. If right. y- your chances of getting a two-point conversion on two tries is like greater than 50% or something, whatever the number is. it's They're about a 50-50 shot. Yeah, so but the it's odds... higher. It's higher right. than 50-50 of getting it at least once. Right. It's about 75% of getting it I didn't. I didn't know it was that high, but... Yes. So if you go for it that first time... It's like okay, well, if you miss, like oh well, you can your chances are still pretty statistically, good. Statistically, yeah, statistically, you're going to get yes. it the second time. And then exactly, yeah. And then so, uh, but so, but if you get it that first time, it's great. Like we just need that extra point, and so you get to, to win to win the game, not not right. just to tie to win. And so, yeah. I will say, I was the old man yelling at the cloud kind of guy mike wilbon (laughs) for a while what if it was you and me tony on the field like that that's not what we're talking about we're talking about 70 year old guys you can question (laughs) you can definitely question the play call right i think end zone end zone fade that's low percentage (laughs) right i know mina i don't care if it's mike evans for a long time and i i I completely agree now Uh, that's what you can question is the play call but the decision yeah it kind of dawned on me like oh well simple math if you if you go for it twice then uh <laughs> your chances right. are good pretty good right Even if it, it's not 100 percent, it's it's still better than 50 50 right it increases your probability of winning the game you know the rebuttals are you know what if you go for two the second time then you only get one shot you get two two-point conversion attempts so i think that most teams at least have two two-point plays they can have yeah. in their back pocket because you can't go in just having one we're gonna run this every time and hope it works um and then also extra points aren't automatic anymore no, like, with 40 yarders. They're just freaking not. weenie kickers, too. We'll, we'll yeah. Talk, we already talked about one of them. We'll talk about another one shortly. But right. yeah, the well. kickers, yeah, they're definitely not automatic. I mean, it's indoors. It should be, but I get it. Like, it's not a, it's not the gimme 20-yard field goal anymore. It's it's now right. a, what is it, 40-yard field goal? 35. 35. Yeah, or 30, yeah, whatever 33. it is. It's still it's, not. It's it's high, high, high probability, but it's 95%. not. A, but it's not, not basically 99.9%. Right. Unless if you're playing Madden and you're purposely shooting it to the right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, so 
Um, <laughs> during the season, there were two times where this worked. One of them, the Green Bay Packers against Saints. They were down 17 to three. They did it. They won 18 to 17. And then the Titans against the Dolphins, down 27 to 13. They did it. Won 28 to 27. So, I mean, there's there's examples right there that show why you should do it. It blows my mind that there's still some coaches who don't. I'm almost shocked that Todd Bowles is a coach who is like ahead on the math. Like, uh, so <laughs> Mike Tomlin last week against the the Steelers, it scored down 24 to 10, and he just got the be, extra point. Yeah, I'll be honest. So, as a fan, I'm not going to pretend like, oh, I was on. No, I was definitely late on this idea. Yeah, well, like, I, the, so I remember the first time it happened, the Giants against the Falcons it was on Monday Night Football. They scored down 24 to 16 went for two to go 24 to 18 my roommate and i were like what are they doing why are they going for two here and then i started to learn more about it and i was like okay i actually understand this and then i was yeah. immediately on the yes it makes sense yeah. to go for and, two and that's basically me where i just had the same feeling like oh god why are they going for two it makes no sense blah 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 uh, and then thinking about it more like oh you know what it really it does make sense yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really not difficult math. And then the whole idea is, oh, personnel matters. Like my favorite one is when people are like, oh, it's such a deflating feeling being down eight instead of down seven. It's like, no, it's not. It's still a one touchdown game. There's no difference. Like gave the Lions and their crowd a boost. They punted on five plays anyway. It's like what it, it really didn't. It's inconsequential. In the end, it didn't matter because the Bucs couldn't score a second touchdown, which just tells you even more reason they should have gone for two and tried to avoid overtime because of how difficult Baker Mayfield and their offense would have had being able to win this game. Now, the one variable that people haven't necessarily been talking about, which I don't know if it's that significant, is the fact that overtime is no longer truly a coin flip where it's like you get ball, you score a touchdown, you win. Now in the playoffs, the other team gets a chance. So we don't obviously don't have the data because we haven't seen that yet. I don't know how that factors over time, but I still feel like it's more or less a 50-50 proposition. And when you're a big underdog on the road, you don't want to go to overtime. You want to win it in regulation. So made perfect sense to me. Blows my mind that people don't understand. Um, and then the other piece of this was like the, the timeout management, the clock management on both sides of this. Like, why did the the Bucks not call timeout? Why were the Lions? Did they have one timeout left? They did. Yeah, they had okay. one timeout left. And it, how, like in the moment, I was like, what are they doing here? Why are they so not how, using it? How much? How much time is? Sorry, the ask these questions 40 second on the spot. Play clock. It's a forty second play clock. So okay, but no, I but I know it's a forty second play clock. But how when the Lions intercepted? Baker's there's uh, a minute pass. 30 left there's a minute 30 left how many timeouts did they did the Bucks have the Bucks had point? one timeout so okay the Bucks, but the, did theory, the Lions like take all these quick knees they did they took okay. quick knees and they were snapping it with 15 seconds left on the play clock it was like mm-hmm. both teams just decided the game was over mm-hmm. so I mean the odds would have so been, that graphic was not it was right where they had it was like 40 seconds left on third down or something and they still had one timeout left yes Wow, yes, that, was <laughs> that sucks. Yes. Right, well, so the one thing that's being thrown out is apparently the Bucks thought they used their last time out, but they got it back because of a defensive penalty on the Lions, and maybe they just didn't realize it. Somehow it just wasn't told to them that they got their timeout back, whatever. But, like, I mean, that first of all, that's a terrible reasoning. But the idea that they're just like, well, it didn't matter because, well, they're even if we got to fourth down, they would just kick a field goal anyway. 
we saw Anders Carlson the night before miss a 41-yard field goal. Like, they're, they're not a gimme. I know this was indoors. You know, you're not in the elements like some of the other games this weekend. But if it's but... not if it's not Justin Tucker, do you trust any of these kickers? Yeah, I mean, like, I maybe think Bucker. Like, let say, there's a handful of others. I don't think that Tucker was the, the most accurate kicker in the AFC this, this right. season. Right. I, but... I, I know it's Bags able to use that now, but, I mean, come on. He's still... Like one of the best court, uh, kickers in the league. Yeah, right. I mean, I I would trust Chris Boswell to make a field goal. I mean, he's like the the one thing that I can count on with the Steelers these days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I get it. Like, there's a lot of kickers that you know they could miss in that situation. I I just I don't know. It just seemed like a strange clock management thing. Even in like the Packers situation, like I know that the Niners could have just taken three knees because there was less than. There's 34 seconds left. You know, <laughs> Dre Greenlaw is crazy. Go down. You got to go down. The game's over. Like, that killed enough time that it wasn't an issue. But even in the rain, like, you could have had an easily fumbled snap and something crazy could have happened. So, I don't know. I guess it's sportsmanship, whatever. But, like, come on. It's the playoffs. Like, why Why would you not use these timeouts? Like, you know, just to get the game over with, you know, go to the studio faster. I don't know. I think it's worth, worth a shot calling timeout in that situation because – you know, just doing the math in my head, the Bucks would have had maybe like a couple seconds, maybe a shot at some like Miami, Miami miracle type play that could have potentially tied the game. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, again, it's probably all for naught when it comes down to it. Just the same thing with the whole two point debate. But, you know, it's something that has been talked about and definitely feel like no, it's I, I, I've, I've heard about it and read about it. And I, like, it kind of blows my mind that they're actually they actually still did have a timeout left. And. Yeah. And Detroit and the fact that Detroit if if I'm hearing correctly they they did need the ball like really quickly and not like they did. go all the way yeah. down to zero. Yeah, it wasn't I even think close crazy in too. a lot of cases, right? Like they were just like, "Yeah, we don't feel like letting it run down any further. Let's just take a knee and get home." That's crazy. Right. And Todd Bowles is like, "Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we'll lose." <laughs> that's crazy on both both teams' yeah. part. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like somehow they just had this handshake agreement. Like, yeah, the game's over. Like, don't even <laughs> let this get interesting here. Um, now that I think about it, though, we did miss like one piece with the clock management. The 49ers like end of the first half. And I think that's just another thing. It's like Kyle Shanahan or Brock Purdy. I don't know who that's on. If that's Shanahan not trusting Purdy or just not really not trusting himself. I don't know. But he just let all that clock run down. Didn't go for a touchdown and then end up with a blocked field goal. So kind of served them right with that performance. I mean, those are the guys that are, if, if they don't win a Super Bowl this year, those are probably going to be the guys that hold, hold them back. Well, I knew you could say that about any team, coach and quarterback, yeah, uh, right. the two most important uh, factors on any team. But but like especially those guys with a lot of people questioning Purdy, like can, can he perform in the big games? He's the weak link on their offense. And then Kyle Shanahan, as amazing of a offensive mind, minded head coach as he is, he's, he – he still hasn't He's won the history. Super Bowl, and he has a history of kind of blowing it in big games, right? Whether right. it's a coordinator or as a coach. Yep. Yeah, I know, and a lot of it, the clock is a factor in, in a lot of those cases. So, so yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely some concerns that come out of it. I think a lot of frustration, just in terms of some of the coaching decisions and you know, things of that nature. Um, let's move forward to the, our final game here. And I think speaking of frustration, speaking of questionable coaching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I say, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can kind of question in this one. Chiefs 27 bills, 24. I mean, 
I think you could simplify everything to say Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. And Patrick Mahomes has Josh Allen's number in the playoffs, and Bills fans will never find happiness because something is going to constantly happen to them, whether it's wide right or just simply Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I kind of had that feeling coming into this game. Even if I had Buffalo, the the closer and closer it got to this game, I'm just thinking to myself, man, the Chiefs, it doesn't matter where it is. And it it doesn't matter if – Mahomes doesn't have like, the guy's awesome. He is. I've had the take like dozen times this year. Like, oh, they can't win with this wide receiver group. And not that it's like 06 Patriots with Rache Caldwell and Javar Gaffney. Like the the Chiefs have better weapons than that. Even if Travis Kelsey is kind of washed at this point, uh, and they have a lot of terrible receivers. Rasheed Rice has broken out this year. They have Pacheco, so it's not like the weapons around Mahomes are useless. But it really kind of does have a lot or almost everything has to do with the quarterback. And yep. yeah, the guy is just ridiculous, inevitable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just awesome performance by him. And yeah. What do you, and then when it comes to the bills, yeah. Even though Josh Allen, he was awesome too in this game. At the same time, you could definitely criticize him the way that game ended where even though Kansas city was, you know, scoring a lot of points, Buffalo did have the ball with minutes left to go. And they were kind of in control of uh, the game at that point, driving down the field. But then second down, you see Josh Allen. He has the throw to, you know, Tupac Shakir, and and it he shorts it. And then you got you hear Romo on the broadcast like, ah, I don't know, Jim. I think I think he got hit on that play. And you see the replay and didn't even get hit. And he right. clearly his, shorted his, that pass. His and offensive third... lineman is kind of pushed into him, but Josh Allen just stood there. He made no effort to, to yeah, get away. He could have clearly, you know, made an effort to move to his right a little bit. Right, just like and one then little side it, stuff. Yeah. Throw it throw it to Khalil Shakir and then maybe get that touchdown. Or he could or have just... not go for the touchdown and Diggs was wide open on that play right. and get the first down instead of bleed more clock. Less yeah, time for Mahomes. Exactly. Exactly. And and then, but instead, you go for the you go for the home run touchdown at the the thirty yard line, and, and then on third down you go for the goal line again, and then freaking weenie Tyler Bass just misses it, <laughs> and it. it's it's hard to it's hard to say oh he's the reason, but dude you you know what the wind is you you've played in Buffalo long enough you you got to make that kick even if it's not perfect ideal conditions. And yeah, so, he had a pretty rough postseason. I mean, even oh, against the Steelers, like it was inconsequential, but he shanked a twenty-seven-yard field goal at the end of the game. It didn't mean anything, but like when that happened, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of an issue." And after yeah. that, I was not shocked at all that no, could be a problem. When he went out there, week. I'm think I'm I was immediately thinking he's going to shank this, <laughs> and I wasn't even remotely surprised. <laughs> no, whatsoever. No, of course it was wide right. It just had to be wide right for Buffalo. And it, look, I don't think that Tyler Bass is the biggest problem here. No, I, I do it, think that. There's like a lot of things that came together in this game. And as as like Josh Allen, I thought he was very good in this performance. And his receivers, I mean, that's Stephon Diggs, that seventy yard uh, bomb. Catch that, he that just ball, catch. dude. Of all that all the complaining he did right. in these years, especially at the the division round game versus Cincinnati. Yeah, just last year. All the complaining and then the past like ten weeks he's done nothing. He hasn't had a hundred yard game in forever. His last touchdown came in week twelve. Yeah, he was dude, three for twenty one in this game, but he had a chance I don't to know just if that completely has to erase do, all of that. I don't know if he's hurt or if if he was shut out of the offense a bit or or if Josh Allen didn't want to throw at him as much. Whatever the issue was, like something was wrong there. And right. 
And then, yeah, dude, you got to catch that. That was a perfect pass. It was a it ridiculous was, throw. It was insane. He throws that ball. It's like, it was like 60 I, I yards not, way up in the air. Right, I haven't seen a ball go that far in a, a NFL game. In that all, kind of weather, too? Like, oh, right. Catch the ball, dude. Yeah, that, Gabe Davis was, would have had that. I, he'll he'll yeah. miss everything, but he'll catch that deep one. <laughs> uh, right, he probably scores a touchdown on it. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I do think that Josh Allen played really well, but it's also like it felt like at least the way that the offense was being run. I don't know this necessarily on Josh Allen, but they were like playing not to turn the ball over. They weren't yeah. taking chances. <laughs> Last year, I, I complained about the fact that the, their offense, they still, still their offense relies way too much on Josh Allen to just make miraculous plays and hope he does it. Yep. And the offense still it, it, that dude has to do everything on that team. It's it's, it's even he's though he's the leading rusher. Even though Josh Allen, yes, like, even though he deserves a little bit of criticism for the way that game ended on second and third down on, on that drive to end the game. At the same time, it's hard to blame him because he's he was the best player on their team. He has to do everything, running, passing, and their receivers are kind of useless, especially if Diggs is not doing anything and Gabe is hurt and. Yeah, and but unlike last year where they're chucking all these deep passes in the snow, this year sixteen passes 16, yeah. behind the line of scrimmage, all complete. It was the most completions behind the line of scrimmage in the next gen stats part, era. Part of that has to do with the fact that Kansas City's defense is, for whatever reason, really good now. All these yeah, years, oh, it's, right. <laughs> remember the beginning of Mahomes' career where they couldn't the stop defense anybody. Was awful. Yeah, it was, right. it was a joke. But now, right. now and they're now actually one like of the best. The worst secondary offense. The yeah, and now they're the best defense they've had. Yeah. So even though their offense is not as good, their defense has kind of made it a happy medium, <laughs> right, uh, for their team and stepped up for them. So part of it has to do with the fact that their defense, Kansas City's defense, uh, has really improved, but. Part of it's also because Buffalo went too far in the other direction in terms of their offense, where they're just too conservative, but still relying way, way too much on Josh Allen to do everything. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was even 10 for 21 passing beyond the line of scrimmage. Only two completions past the sticks. Like, even the the passes that were going beyond the line of scrimmage were short passes. And it's just, I feel like you're just handicapping yourself. Because as much as, like, the, the risk-taking can hurt the Bills when he's just chucking it up and throwing interceptions, that's part of what makes Josh Allen so special, as good as he is, is the, the plays that he's able to make. And when a lot of his interceptions are essentially just arm punts, you kind of take the bad with the good because he's not necessarily hurting the team. He's had some interceptions almost better that he threw a pick than had they tried to punt or something, which is how, how some of them have played out. So, so definitely do... some questionable decisions offensively. Yeah. But it's 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 hard to just talk about the offense though because I think this game has way more to do with the the coaching and the defense. Yeah. yeah. The defense is banged up. There's some injuries. It is. Their their sure. linebacker core got really uh shredded, uh, especially losing Milano. That's a massive loss for their defense. And and then the fact that Von Miller had <laughs> at one point he had less tackles in the year than Stefan Diggs. <laughs> That's not season. a joke. That's, that's not a joke. There was one point in the year. I uh, think he. I think he eventually passed it. But there was one point in the four. year. He had how many tackles? I think he had four tackles on the. Okay, season. but he, there was one point where he had two, and Diggs had three. <laughs> wow. And it was late yeah. in the year. So, uh, horrible, horrible contract that is. Right. And yeah, so a lot, a lot of losses on their defense, but also just the fact that their supposedly best player 
is like their worst player on their defense. Oh no, he's but, just useless all year. But uh, look, Travis Kelsey. Look, he's not the same Travis Kelsey in past years. He's kind of washed, but. I don't know. He, I think he's the one guy you want to cover in goal to go situations. Nah, let's just let him be. Let's just let's just leave him wide open on the first touchdown and then have him have another touchdown. Oh, that right. pissed me off so much. It's like, oh, dude, I know that that play. The one guy was... that you really got to. I know Rasheed Rice is uh, uh, broken out and proven to be a really good receiver for their team, but I don't know. I think the one guy you want to cover in those kind of situations is still Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that it blew my mind how he was that wide open. And the Chiefs' red zone offense has been a problem. Against Miami, I think they had six red zone attempts. They only scored twice. You know, they kept driving down and kicking short field goals. And that was the start of this one with two short field goals. But, you know, they leave Kelsey on, you know, wide open. And the Chiefs started to be able to finally convert touchdowns. And that ended up being huge for them in this one. So. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy that of all the guys you're gonna leave open like that, Travis. Yeah, let's let's, let's is just the one. let's just leave the yeah Mahomes' favorite target uh, in his career. Let's just leave him wide, wide open <laughs> in yeah, the end so, zone. So, are you on the fire, Sean McDermott? Oh, camp. A hundred percent. Fuck that guy. <laughs> to, to to oh my god. The, the, not only to have that kind of performance on defense, but. Late in the game, fourth and five at your own thirty whatever yard line, and you oh, want to run. You want to run a di- some Disney ass play with Demar Hamlin, <laughs> fake punt. When uh, look, if you ran a fake punt in the first or second quarter, it's like all right, like hey, maybe they'll catch him off guard. It's the fourth yeah. quarter. There's six minutes left or whatever. How much time there was? The defense, the the special teams, they're gonna be alert for anything, whether if it's a fake or, or just a, just punt it away. Even if their defense was not performing to to their expectations, even though it's Mahomes, just punt it away. And 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 if you're not gonna punt away, go for it. You have the best. You're Josh Allen. You, what if you throw it or run it? He's he's amazing. He can do a lot of things it takes like five guys to tackle him just do if you're gonna go for it keep your offense on the field uh yeah well moron so apparently (laughs) they gave him a look and that caused him to check into it i don't know demar hamlin i guess called his own number uh i guess kc they said they only had 10 guys on the field still stopped it very easily but but sean mcdermott said at at Uh, the end of the at the end of the game he wanted to you know he wanted to fool the, the the special teams. He 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 wanted to trick them. So it, it, I don't think it had to do with the ten guys in the field. I think it was just a coincidence. It's just that, that was Rumble like the call. Up. Yeah, that was is, the call. I I definitely like. I can't help but laugh every time I see someone say that Sean McDermott thought he was directing a Disney movie with that play. Like, I, that's why I like thought, of all the guys it, of all the guys. If it was anyone else, I don't think it would be getting as much heat. But the fact that it's Demar Hamlin of all players, I that's think what that, I'm saying. Like, it, <laughs> it was bad no matter what. But you had to pick him to do yeah. it. He hasn't done uh, anything all year, and that's what he's gonna do. Right. No, and in the end, it didn't matter because oh, Kadarius Tony was out. Let's just put in Nicole Hardman. Put, let's let's just put the second dumbest receiver in the league <laughs> and 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 run him on those plays. It is just an impressive receiving stat line. So he had um, one catch for two yards, one rush for negative one yard, two fumbles, including one loss for a touchback. This is why I didn't think Mahomes could do this. He's got the dumbest receiver and the second dumbest receiver in the league on <laughs> uh-huh. on, on on the same team. Uh and Tony and 
Hardman. So the fact that he's doing it with these guys, oh, and that was stupid too. Because if Buffalo won that game, you know how much crap they would get for that. Oh play? yeah. Right, yeah, but, but because to Hardman. But because Buffalo, they're institutionalized losers, and they will never win, especially against the Chiefs, no, no yes. matter where they play now, that play doesn't get talked about when, it's, when it really should have. That was dumb. You got you to gotta do all this stupid trickery. That, that, that's something that kind of bothers me with Casey just a little is that you can't just run in a normal— They have to like, Especially cute. with Pacheco. They get too right. cute at, the, at that, you know, at, on that side of the field when they're about to score. They got to— Clap and dance in circles and everything. Yeah, and go around, ring line. around a rosy yeah, like before they right. snap the ball. Uh, yeah, always yeah. have to do just something, something wild, you know, just to show that we're we're so back. good that we can, and they are, they they are, they are even, yeah, they even are. Even when their also, offense is not nearly as explosive as it used to be, they can still do that stuff. So part of me kind of gets it, but part of me thinks like this is kind of what you get when you AFC use Hardman. Yeah, this yeah. isn't a week eighteen. This isn't yeah, this isn't week eight versus the Raiders. This is this is a divisional round game versus. A rivalry, even though it's not really a rivalry when only one team wins. Yeah, well, the Bills always get them in the regular season. The regular season, but they (laughs) never get them in the playoffs. I know, I know. Look, I think that, uh, you know, when you you look at this rivalry, everyone has been wanting to push the new Brady-Manning narrative. Mahomes is both. Mahomes has Manning's MVPs and Brady's Super Bowls, and nobody else in the AFC is in his league yet. And then we... And people say, like, oh, Mahomes and Allen. Well, is it really Allen? Or how about Mahomes and Burrow? How about now Mahomes, Mahomes and, Lamar? and Lamar? Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, really it's, just, it's, at the... it's really Mahomes yeah. is uh, the, this generation's Brady. Right, right. And he's someone who has now been to the AFC Championship game every six, year. He's been a starting six quarterback. Six years in a row. And I know right. Brady did that eight years in a row, and that's impressive, too. But also, it wasn't I... the start of his career. You know, he did get those three out of four Super Bowls, but he missed the playoffs in 02. He lost like a lot of playoff appearances, you know, in you yeah, know, there was losing like the that... wild card round, divisional round. Yeah, th- there was a stretch there where, like, yeah, they got their ass kicked versus the Ravens in the wild card round. They lost in the division round versus the Jets and so on. So, right. yeah, there was a stretch where they weren't getting there. But, and yeah, like you said, the, the beginning of his career for Mahomes. Uh, as a starter, as a starting quarterback, yeah, to do it six years. Finally, it's not at home. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He did. He proved he's undefeated on the road in the playoffs. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just, that's he's absurd. I might be the one Patriots fan that's a huge fan of the guy. Uh, I, I think the guys. I think the guys. I, I'm sure there are other Patriots fans that like him, but well, I don't know. I I feel like a lot of Patriots fans, and maybe and rightfully so, don't want to see him succeed. And I'll admit, if it gets to a certain point where if he won you like three or four, five, like, uh, all right, all right, hold on, like pump the brakes, like you can't be that good, stop. But I don't know. I appreciate his his greatness. He's def- he's he's great. He's I I've said too. this about too many quarterbacks. We're like, oh, he's a winner. He's a winner. <laughs> like Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts. I, that one I sort of regret right now. But Mahomes yeah. is definitely <laughs> number one. Like uh-huh. in the right. I mean, active there's... players in the league. Like he's the guy. He's he's. For no doubt, hundred percent a winner. It doesn't matter who's around him; he, he's proven that. It's really he. As long as they have him, they have. Yeah, a shot. I mean, I think that this year has proven it. You know, last year winning the Super Bowl, Tyree Kill, I think was you know still meaningful, but he still had Travis Kelsey. He still had this Travis, year, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey at the top of his game, himself. but yeah, now right. he's a shell of himself. And I know, right. again, apparently I he's going to retire and just you know go with join his brother and just in the box, yeah, shotgunning beers and. <laughs> Chugging beers and <laughs> hanging yelling. out with yeah Bills fans like I guess that's that's what they're they're waiting for 
you know, announce the New Heights podcast, maybe yeah. after the Chiefs won another Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> maybe when they win and then Kelsey retires, like, oh, let's see Mahomes do it without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and see what right. happens. But- right, and I think that the Chiefs are going to go out. They're going to get a big splash in free agency. They'll probably draft another guy and hope that they just have that receiving core again. I, I don't think it matters. Patrick Mahomes has been elevating see, these guys. Yeah, even if look, even if they don't win, like even if they lose to Baltimore, I'm still, I'm still like my, I, that take I had about like, oh, they can't win with, you know, the, the receiver. And a lot of people have said the same, of course. So I'm not, I'm not going to act like I'm alone on that, but it's, it's still amazing accomplishment. Even if they, yeah. lose, even if they right. were to lose this, this upcoming weekend, it's the, the fact right. that they're think, this far, because uh, their offense was trash wrong. a lot. It was week, what, 16 on Christmas and their offense still looked oh. the way it did. Yeah. Uh, versus the Raiders, like are like, yeah, they're not gonna go anywhere. Uh, but no, they're still they're still proving it. I and I know Miami's a soft team, so and and the fact that they play them at home in the cold, it's like, all right, like they're gonna win this game and and I know that they have Buffalo's number, but still it's still an impressive win. Yeah, right. And Just again, the fact it's that it's like on they, the road. They beat Buffalo in the playoffs, you know, a couple years ago in Arrowhead, going in to Buffalo, you know, especially after losing them in the regular season like they have in the past couple of years. I, I think it's a huge accomplishment for, for Mahomes and really just the Chiefs team in general. Like, I, their defense is just, it's phenomenal. Yeah, their defense like, is now good, which... You have to give which... them plenty of credit as well. Yeah, it's, it... uh, yeah. Yeah, their, right. their defense mean... is now, uh, like, the best it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going through their six losses this season. So the Packers was twenty seven to nineteen, and I know it had a little bit of controversy with like the PI, you know, missed PI at the end. Yeah, no, it was a, bit, a lot of controversy. It's still an eight point game. That was the only game this season where you can say like the defense didn't do their part. Every other loss, it's the offense did something stupid. Whether it was just penalties or Mahomes, and you know everybody had a ton of turnovers. Like the defense balled out every single game this year. And, you know, they've continued to look great in the playoffs. And you know, it'll be really interesting to see what, you know, Lamar Jackson does against this Chiefs defense next week. So, yeah, definitely a much harder opponent than the Texans defense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's I, I'm excited for these two conference championship games next week. And I think um, going into both of them, I can I'm, I hope that they're both entertaining, but I can also see. The home teams maybe pulling away in uh you know maybe I think not the, like crazy the first blowout, one will, but I think the first one will be more entertaining. Even though their de- their defenses are good and it might not be as high scoring, I just think that game is more intriguing to me. I think that's a much closer of a of a coin toss coin flip kind of game. I yeah, I think so as well. But it's also like it, I wouldn't be shocked if Baltimore. I wouldn't be no. Just, I wouldn't be shocked if the road teams won. Either game. No, I, yeah, right. I wouldn't be shocked if the if either the Chiefs or the Lions win. I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens or either the Ravens or the 49ers won by several scores. You know, I think that the 49ers are probably more likely to win in like a crazy, like uncompetitive blowout than the We're Ravens gonna have are, this debate but... again, Corey, and then I'm like, no, I don't think so. And then you end up being right, <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> With the the Eagles, Niners, like where I think you said it was like more likely gonna be a blowout. Uh, oh yeah, last game. year, right? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> like I don't know, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, which, if, I if mean, you, you, whatever. Can't really say anything because Brock Purdy got hurt in the first quarter. That game didn't count. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I think that Baltimore, <laughs> Kansas City. So I think this one's gonna be really interesting. Like Lamar Jackson, MVP probably for the second time in his career. I mean, he you right now two, he has you got the two fast, guys that are gonna, Manning fish rock. 
right? You got two guys that are two-time MVPs, assuming Lamar yes. gets it. Yeah, assuming Lamar wins, wins, right. Right, so I think that one, I agree. I think defensively it's going to be big. You know, these are two great defenses. Um, when it comes down to the clutch, though, I would probably have more faith in Patrick Mahomes and Mark Jackson. Uh, well, seen I would do too. Oh, not, yeah. even, not even debatable. I know it's in Baltimore, but... So uh, but who I, would I, I trust think... in clutch situations? Uh, it's not even debatable. Right, uh, right. I, I think that the Ravens would very much behoove themselves to take an early lead and remain with a pretty comfortable lead. And it's not like Lamar throw. can't be clutch. We saw... I, I know this was a long time ago, but... Like a few years ago, but remember that Sunday night game? Uh... Chiefs Ravens. Oh yeah, Lamar that... led them down the field, took the lead. It was like I think it was thirty six, thirty five. Yeah, and then and then Edwards Hilaire fumbled it yep. and ruined their chances of uh, winning that game. I think that was the game that got people to be like, okay, Lamar can actually win in a comeback. Right. Like, yeah, I mm-hmm. think that was the game that changed that narrative. So yeah, yeah, the narrative. And... That was a narrative where I believed like, oh, he can't do it in comeback situations. Let's right, and I don't think we've really seen it from him. We this still year. haven't really seen it outside of that game, and maybe a couple others. But yeah, I, I'm going through right now. There really weren't a whole lot of opportunities. I mean, against the Colts, that was a tough showing. They end up losing in overtime, and I, the Rams they won in overtime. But I think that LA tied it, and then the Ravens won it on a punter turn. It's not like he led it off. So I guess it's still something you can question. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, the, they're there is so a big good at playing size. from ahead. Right, right, but. Playing from behind is still a bit of a question here. There's definitely a lot more, you know, faith and belief in the Chiefs in that type of scenario if this game gets close. Um, Niners Lions, like yes, I think that the as as concerning as Brock Purdy's performance was, I think that the Lions defense is much more that's some concerning. See, I agree. That's the thing is that even if Brock Purdy's play is concerning and and it's, uh, can you do can he can he uh, can you trust him to win? Versus the the Lions or whoever they face in the Super Bowl, that's kind of to be determined. In my, in my opinion, more of the Super Bowl because those are two legit defenses. But against the Lions, uh, that that secondary is exploitable. Even even for Purdy, even if Purdy's had, even if he struggled in that game for the most part uh, versus the Packers, I, I think the Lions' defense is there's just too many holes in their secondary. Right, and even if Debo Samuel, even if Debo's out, I, I still yeah. think I, I'm still gonna go with the Niners. Uh, yeah. over the lines right i do think that the niners are going to win this game i also would not be shocked if the lines lose on like a controversial play after keeping it surprisingly <laughs> close because that feels like the inevitable ending for for this team as unfortunate as it is to say <laughs> did you see dan skipper come into the game uh versus yes. tampa and he's uh, like me i yep I'm, yeah, the, I'm the I'm the <laughs> the crowd I'm, crowd was cheering very loud when he reported as an uh, an eligible receiver. Uh, yeah, that uh, was funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I I feel like that's just with this team. Like, you know, something's gonna go wrong. But coming into the the playoffs, when we did our whole preview, you and I both said Dallas because Detroit's they're just not the kind of like their defense just is. It has too many holes. Um, it should like be the, Dallas if 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 they got their shit together in the playoffs. Right. Like they should uh-huh. They'd should be the biggest threat. Uh-huh. Should be the biggest threat, but they're not. And the Niners have kind of owned them. Where Ben made right. a great point that the Lions, the Lions are kind of an unknown because yeah. because they really haven't played each other. While the Cowboys have played the Niners and they always just lose to them. So right. Um, yeah. I guess we'll just we'll see. <laughs> right. I know. I, I I'm excited to see how it plays out. 
Um, definitely sucks for Niners and their fans that either way they're facing the team that beat them in devastating fashion in the Super Bowl. Right, no Ravens matter who they the face. <laughs> yeah. Right, so uh, you get a chance for revenge or just a chance for their just lose again. franchise to just completely own you forever. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. But who are you I'm rooting sure. for? So, See, are, I, so are you going with are you going with Ravens and Niners? No, I'm so I am picking Ravens Niners because I picked them going into the playoffs and um not gonna necessarily deviate from that at this yeah. point i'm but definitely I, rooting for but, the chiefs but, over the Ravens. but it's kind of like but it's kind of like me with uh buffalo it's like well i picked buffalo but coming uh, into kansas city like do i feel good about that like no not at all not even a not even a little and it kind of proved, <laughs> proved yeah. to be the case again uh i mean the super bowl color thing is, is it's kind of like all right like now it's a third time like it's yeah. NFL scripted. <laughs> right. I know. Well, and there's like some uh some image being floated around of them already saying Ravens versus 49ers in the Super Bowl on like some TV broadcast. I, I think I saw so, that too. Yeah. Yeah, right. Which I don't really know that, that that is super meaningful, but also like, you know, given the way that things played out on Saturday night, you kind of start to feel like, oh, maybe they were right about uh this. So, I'm definitely rooting for the Chiefs. Um, I I am too. Like I I can, the the Taylor Swift stuff is a little. Look, I I love her, but I will say uh, the the TV coverage it it, it has gone uh very much of late, and it's because they're so, <laughs> they've gotten as far as they had, and Travis Kelsey's now scoring touchdowns again, and yeah, but. I think it's even it's way less than it was when she was first showing up to games. Like this that's week, because it was, was a whole new thing and right, bring in whole right. new fans. <laughs> right, but I I don't think it's all that different than you know obviously not every parent gets shown, but it's like similar to like showing like the parents in in the crowd reacting to a mm-hmm. touchdown at this point. And mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey, we got to see a lot of him, and now it's like oh Jason Kelsey, yeah that's awesome. But Taylor Swift can't sit there and you know cheer and hug Brittany Mahomes or whatever in the press box, so. <laughs> Or the press box, the the sweet box. Right. I don't know. I I have no issue with it. I actually love seeing uh, a lot of the people responding to the complainers being like, this has gotten my daughter into football. Like, she's watching games with me. I was like, that sounds like a pretty dream scenario for for all the girl dads out there who love football. Like, you know, being able to use the NFL to bond with their daughters. Um also, the the Taylor Swift Reddit. I don't know if you saw any screenshots from it. I, I don't know if you're on Taylor Swift Reddit, like as a, a Swifty. <laughs> it was. Um, they're really getting into these football games. So the reaction to the Michael Hardman uh, fumble through the end zone, insane rule. Okay, fine. We'll just make another stop. I'm so lost. Oh yikes! What is a touchback? <laughs> just hilarious. Like seeing them actually getting into football like that. Is it just Speak, like speaking of uh, Corey? Uh, I know you mentioned this in the past. You probably uh-huh. still feel the same way, uh, even though McCall Hardman's an idiot uh, for fumbling twice in that game. One of them leading to a touchback. Do you still hate that rule? No. So actually, I think it's worth talking about. It's it's starting to grow on me a little. Right as they're probably about to get rid of it. I don't agree with the idea that it should just be a touchback because the defense um gets screwed over by all the rule changes like let the defense have one that benefits them i think that's a dumb reason i think the the whole idea that like the end zone belongs to the defense and if you lose it in the defense's zone i guess that piece makes sense to me but i will say the reason why i hated it so much and i i did kind of have the the realization is because in 2017 
Austin Severian Jenkins seemingly scored a touchdown for the Jets against the Patriots, but after review, they ruled that he fumbled. He lost control as he was going to the end zone. It went out of bounds, and it was a touchback, touchdown off the board. And that was the year when the Patriots and the Steelers were going toe-to-toe for the one seed. So that was... So that's where origin it started. story of why I hate the rules. So that's yes, where that it one started that, that, that was hatred. That was it. Yes. That was wow. that was it. Yeah. So I mean it but it's one of those things where like I understand both sides of it, at least to this point. Where... I, I do I do too. I, I I lean towards keeping it, but I don't blame people for hating it. I don't I don't blame people either harsh. way. Yeah. Like there it's are people who are like, Oh, this is the worst rule ever. Like just hold on to the ball. Don't fumble it. If that's the rule, just just don't fumble it. I remember CD Lamb, I think I think it was coincidental against Detroit. He had a fumble in the end zone and went yes, for a touchback. Right. And he and he even said, like, you gotta hold on to the ball. That's the rule. Like, great. Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. well, there was a lot of discourse after that game, and that was, you know, just a few weeks ago. So I think that it was still fresh in everyone's mind when it happened again in this one. Yeah. But I think the hate has come really far out to the point where they really might change it. And I'm curious what it right. If they were to change it, like what do they do? The, does yeah, the team just know. get the ball at the one yard line? Right. I I do think there should be some kind of penalty still. You know, you can like move bring it back, back to the further. ten, lose a down yeah. or something. I right. Don't know. So I actually, I I went back and listened to our top five things we would change about the NFL that we did four <laughs> years ago, and yeah, I said either bring back to the ten or even back to the twenty, and I think that would be reasonable as a penalty. You still keep it, but you know, you you blew your chance, and I don't know. Kind of off topic. I don't know what but they're gonna do. Kind uh-huh. of off topic. Thursday night football has grown on me a little bit, but God, I still, I, st- I still think injuries play a key factor. Uh, Thursday night football plays a key factor in injuries uh, increasing, and I mean, like just, just look at the Bengals Ravens game. Like that was the most anticipated yeah. I've been for a Thursday night football game in a while that year this this season because there are just a lot of shit games, and so wow, we finally have a great game. Great. Joe Burrow out for the season. Mark Andrews maybe out for the season. Sounds like he's going to come back. So that that will mm-hmm. help the Ravens versus right. the Chiefs. Yeah, worth mentioning. Uh, but so so part of me hates it still a little bit, but it's grown on me a little. I wish there were two bye weeks. I don't know. Yeah, I think that that would probably be a good way to go about it. I don't think Thursday night football is going away. I mean, I I enjoy the concept of it, but it's also like in the grand scheme of things i do think it, it's not a great product because teams don't have the same same preparation as they do yeah, with right. a full week mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i i agree with that and then the best thursday night football game this year was seahawks cowboys and both of those teams played the thursday night the week before so they got the full week um yeah it was also funny just like the number one thing i said was I'd want the Patriots dynasty to end. And I was like, this is probably the most unrealistic of anything. <laughs> it was actually right. You know, I didn't know it was the last year and that Brady was just going to leave in free agency and things wouldn't be the same. Um, no, they wouldn't. Yeah. So speaking, anyway, well, it, I, uh, I know this is way off topic now, but uh, well, speaking of with the dynasty ending, Brady not being there and now Belichick not being there. I've talked about how last week, like, man, it'd be nice to see him in Dallas, but it looks like Belichick, he obviously is not going to Dallas now because Jerry Jones wants to keep McCarthy, or maybe right. Belichick didn't want to be in Dallas, so maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't but know. But now there is another playoff team that should Buffalo. fire their coach. 
Buffalo would intrigue me for Bill because Bill he has what two to three years left, right? I, I'm that's that's a good range of how much how many yeah, I like probably I'd like right? to think he won't know. coach another like ten years or whatever. I don't think, I don't think any either. team would want him in his eighties right. or anything like that. So if he's gonna be a head coach again, he's only gonna have realistically what a few years left. And so, yeah. in other words, he has to go to a team that is in win now mode and a team that matters. Like fuck Atlanta. <laughs> Not the who cares? Yeah. God, who cares? Great. You want you go there, you win nine, ten games in a crappy division, and then you just get bounced in the first round. Like, oh, I don't, I don't care about that. I want to see him just in a team. I want to see him on a team that matters, like Dallas, like Buffalo. Buffalo would be great. He's still, he can still be in the Northeast. He can be in the division versus right. New England. He's got a quarterback that he has to have a good quarterback. Now, I would hate it if it was like you know Mahomes because wow, he went from one the greatest quarterback of all time to the 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 greatest quarterback of our gener the next generation. Like I wouldn't want that. But if you go to a place that has never won, but has the quarterback, has when when healthy, the pieces are around him and the defense. Um, just needs a coach that isn't a moron <laughs> in, in, yeah. in crunch time. Because it's not only that stupid fake punt, but the the stupid kickoff and the the way they play defense with 13 seconds left in that other division round game. I I, I really think McDermott's got to go. I really don't think this is overreaction. No, I, I also think it's just simple to say that McDermott has been around all this time and this team keeps losing and it just keeps being more and more devastating like you got to change something and that's the easiest change to make yeah oh, so. for sure but that is the change i would make you're not gonna yeah. ch- you're not gonna change the quarterback of course right. and no uh, if look, anything josh allen's gonna be like i can't be in buffalo anymore you gotta yeah send <laughs> yes. me the nfc <laughs> even if i believe he deserves a little bit of blame for the, the way that game ended he's still the best play- he was still the best right. player on the field for them that he's the reason why you're in that spot anyway yeah uh so the, the coaching change is, in my opinion, the number one thing for Buffalo. And I, I think, even though I've said in the past that Bill Belichick, like the game has sort of passed him by, I think he can excel with the Bills. I'm not saying he can win a Super Bowl with them just because the Bills are just cursed. They're one it of those teams. It would be one that, way to secure But that's an accomplishment. That, that would be a big accomplishment if you were to have, if you yeah. were to lead Buffalo to, you know, pass the division around. And I don't right, know. I mean, it, yeah, I think that they're, they're, their expectations are high enough that like they still want to win the Super Bowl every year. Like they're they're tired of even just losing the AFC Championship game, which they did in 2020. But I mean, would you root for the Bills if if Bill Belichick no. goes there? I well, mean, no, the Patriots are far away. You know, it's no like uh, obviously if it was Patriots and Bills rooting for the Patriots. Yeah. Um, if if Buffalo were to make a run, well, that would just really suck as a Patriots fan. Where it's like, wow, we just let the greatest uh, quarterback go. He immediately won the Super Bowl. Now we let the great right. look. Even though Belichick benefited a lot from Brady, and maybe it's more debatable now on greatest coach ever. I still, in my opinion, believe he's still the top guy, the greatest coach ever. Yeah, his defenses if, were awesome in the beginning, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, even if Brady won three Super Bowls, a lot of those defenses are so good. They had a lot of great players on defense right. with like Seymour, Rodney, Ty Law. The list goes Brable. on. Brable, yeah. <laughs> Bruski, yeah, Wilfork, <laughs> McGinnis. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The list goes on. Um, so, and Buffalo, when healthy, when healthy, um, has a better defense than than that they showed late of late. 
And they, they had a, yes. a stretch where they won all those games. It just yeah. can't beat Kansas City. I don't know. They need a co- they need to change the coach. Of all the like, we reacted with uh, Dallas and Philly, mm-hmm. and I really don't believe those are overreaction overreactions in terms of firing the coaches. Maybe Philly a little bit, just because it was like it was it wasn't like the whole season. It was like the end of the season. But I I still kind of lean towards like ah, they should have gotten rid of them, especially with losing the coordinators and like see how they look, but. Yeah. Of all right. the of all of between those three, like McDermott, in my opinion, is the one that needs to go. He's been there the longest of those three, and time and time again, losing to Kansas City and losing, in my opinion, mostly because of bad coaching and bad defense. And he's a defensive guy. I think it's fair. Yeah, I think someone needs to answer at this point. They can't keep running it back and hoping for something different. Like right yeah, now, which they've done that like, for the past four years now. Yeah. Right, and you can't even. It's like they lost a Burrow at home last year too. So it's not even just Mahomes at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I do think that the the Bills would be wise to make a change. I don't know if that is necessarily going to be you know leading them to Bill Belichick, but there there are plenty of intriguing coaches. It's intriguing just because it's him in division. Yeah, right. A team that needs to win now, a coach that needs to win now. Um, so that's why I just brought that up, but. I, I don't know. I he has, he has to go, McDermott. Yeah. I mean, hey, I, I definitely was, uh, you know, this was going to be McDermott's last season. I didn't necessarily think that – it was it was a bold call to say they'd missed the playoffs. I think at this point it's like, well, they achieved enough from, like, that perspective. But I right. also agree that, you know, this team needs to make still, a change. And yeah. McDermott is the easy fall guy. And probably the, the right sensible the right, one. The yeah, right rightful. fall guy. Uh, yep. Yep. So – Anyway, uh, next week, AFC, NFC Championship games. I'm excited. Should be a fun Championship Sunday. You know, hopefully we at least get one, like, great game. You know, this yeah, weekend, c- c- we got three pretty solid ones. The, the, fir- the first week, is, it was really just Rams and Lions. That was right. the only – And even that I know, I know like, Packers. I know Packers-Cowboys was entertaining from a comedy standpoint, but sure, still wasn't a yeah. close game. Uh-huh. Uh, but – so Rams-Lions is the only – like actually competitive this is one can go either way kind of game and then this past weekend Packers Niners was for sure uh entertaining Bucks Lions kind of but at the same time down, like, yeah, 31 right. to 17 at one point like all right uh, like the Lions are gonna win and then obviously Chiefs Bills obviously so, yeah that right good way to end the weekend yeah so so hopefully one of these games and it sounds like I'm counting out the Lions too much but like I really think uh like I would not completely count them out. Like I'm just going to pick the Knights because I do think they're the the much yes. they're the better team. They are even if they're shorthanded without Debo. Like I still would pick them, but that doesn't mean like oh if the Lions win, like oh I can't believe it. No, but yeah, um, I would be more surprised by Purdy having another terrible game than him just going off and balling out and having like a perfect passer rating type performance next week. I would too, only because of who they're the defense that they're right, playing right right now when yeah. they, if if let's say fast forward and they get to the super bowl then we can start questioning again like uh-huh. hey are we going to see purdy versus you know the purdy of like coming in through in the clutch versus green bay or those first 50 plus minutes <laughs> yeah yeah and i agree it's gonna be much much tougher test but they got to get there in the first place yeah so but yeah um so that'll do it for this one <laughs> lots of football talk and you know still still a couple more to go so for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Thanks, everyone.